0: Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. Control of the Senate in the balance, as several key races are still too close to call. It's possible that we won't know the answer until December. Massive layoffs at Facebook parent meta with thousands of job cuts. What went wrong? The founder of crypto exchange platform FTX loses nearly all of his $16 billion fortune. Meanwhile, rival firm Binance abandons an attempt to save him. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us, Don Ma here. And we start tonight's show with some latest updates on the key races in the midterm election. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy has said Republicans will take back the House of Representatives. That would mean McCarthy would have a good chance of becoming the next Speaker of the House. Now to take control of the House, a party needs 218 seats. According to the Park Times, Republicans needs 12 more, while Democrats needs 31 more seats. McCarthy's optimism seems in line with expected results, but most media outlets still haven't called the race. Speaker Nancy Pelosi hasn't conceded yet. She's still optimistic about Democrat chances to keep the lower chamber. Meanwhile, the control of the Senate is still hinging on some very tight races. In Georgia, Democrat incumbent Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker will face each other off again on December 5th in a runoff. Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger made the announcement today. Under Georgia law, no candidate gets more than 50 percent of the vote in general election. Then the Senate race will go to a runoff four weeks later between the two top vote getters. And besides Georgia, three more Senate races in Alaska, Arizona and Nevada are still too close to call. In Wisconsin, Republican Senator Ron Johnson will keep his seat for a third term he beat Democratic challenger Mandela Barnes in a close race. Barnes conceded earlier today.
1: I fought the good fight. I've run my race. And I kept the faith. And I want to thank
2: you for having faith in me. I want to thank you all so much for this opportunity. Let's all move forward together, everybody.
0: Thank you so much. Republicans portrayed Barnes, the state's lieutenant governor, as a left-wing extremist who wanted to defund the police and abolish U.S. immigration and customs enforcement. And in Pennsylvania, Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz conceded to Democrat John Fetterman this morning. Dr. Oz thanked his supporters and said the country is facing big problems. He called on Pennsylvanians to, quote, put down their partisan swords and focus on getting the job done. Republicans performed more poorly than expected across the United States as some toss-up races broke in favor of Democrats. Some have been predicting a, quote, red wave, but Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz said it hasn't been as a big wave as he had hoped for. Senator Lindsey Graham echoed that and said if the GOP takes the House and Democrats keep the Senate, good can come from a divided government because lawmakers will have to work together. And earlier I spoke to economist Vance Gin. He worked at the Trump White House and is now the president of Gin Economic Consulting. I asked him what the new Congress can do to rein in inflation.
1: I think cutting government spending has to be priority number one. If At least if they're not cutting, they've got to be limiting government spending, because it's been growing far too fast for too long um, and raising the national debt. And you're right that it's been Republican and Democrat presidents that have increased spending substantially. Um, but you also got to look at who's in Congress. Congress has the power of the purse. And so they've got to be the ones to really put some tightening on spending to make sure that the deficit doesn't continue to grow. And I like to see a balanced budget. Well, Why not balance the budget, give more uh, authority to families across the country with more money in their pockets? That's how you grow an economy. It's not through big government. It's through free markets, family, and ultimately people's faith. And I think we can have hope, dignity, and purpose again by more
0: jobs and more money in people's pockets. You know, before the midterm elections, there was talk about a red wave coming. Did you see a red wave come this midterm?
1: Well, it doesn't seem like there was a red wave overall, like some were expecting. But I do think that there was some good push in the direction of um, pro-growth, liberty-minded policies and policymakers across the country. When you look at a lot of these state legislators, they turn more red, more conservative overall, more liberty-focused. And I think that's a good sign. Also, if you look at the House, the House is probably going to be controlled by the Republican Party. Um, If you look at the Senate, it's kind of a toss-up right now. But in general, there was a push to a more um, liberty-focused, Freedom focused and I hope family focused sort of initiative that's gonna take place that allow us to have more growth that we can let people prosper. Is a split in
0: the Congress good for the stock market?
1: Well, a lot of times what you see is when you have a split in Congress, it can be a good thing. Um, It drives away a lot of bad policy from happening. Um, And we've seen that in the past, that that has brought about good results. Ultimately, I would love to see, again, cutting government spending, providing tax relief, and rolling back regulations. That's really the way to get back to prosperity. Um, But if we do have a split Congress for a while, that may not be a bad thing.
0: All right. Thank you very much, Vance. Great having you on today. Thank you, Don. Have a great day. California voters yesterday rejected taxing the rich to put more electric cars on the road. Proposition 30 would have boosted tax rates for California's wealthiest. The defeat is a win for California Governor Gavin Newsom. He campaigned against the proposition, calling it a taxpayer-funded giveaway to ride-share companies. In California, companies like Uber and Lyft will have to make sure nearly all their trips are zero emissions by 2030. Lyft supplied most of the campaign's funding. Newsom didn't immediately comment on the measure's defeat. And on to Wall Street, it ended sharply lower today. The Dow lost 647 points or 2%, S&P 500 dropped 80 points or 2.1 tenths of a percent, and the Nasdaq fell 263 points or 2.5%. Elon Musk is selling more of his Tesla stock. The government reports Musk had sold nearly $4 billion worth of Tesla stock since he bought Twitter. Musk bought the social media company on October 27th and the Securities and Exchange Commission reported Tuesday night he waited until November 4th to start selling more of his Tesla shares. Musk sold Tesla shares totaling more than 15 billion dollars earlier this year. Now it's unclear if the money Musk has raised went toward Twitter. Musk recently revealed Twitter is losing four million dollars a day as a growing number of companies have stopped advertising on the platform. An Adidas split with Kanye West is proving costly for the company. The sportswear giant today cut its outlook for the year. Last month, Adidas cut ties with Kanye West, also known as Ye, over his controversial remarks. Their deal had produced a number of hot-selling EZ-branded sneakers. Adidas now projects net income being cut in half this year. The firm expects revenue to grow at a low single-digit rate in 2022. But Adidas shares did rise over 4% today. And it looks like the Fed's rate hikes are hitting online retail estate broker Redfin. It's letting go more than 800 employees and shutting down a subsidiary. The job cuts amount to 13% of Redfin's workforce. Redfin has slashed more than a quarter of its workforce since April 2022. Home sales have slowed for eight straight months as would-be first-time home buyers pull out of the market. Now, the average U.S. long-term mortgage rate is hovering around 7%. The Fed has raised rates six times this year as it tries to fight inflation. Facebook parent company Meta is also cutting jobs. CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced a massive number of layoffs will be needed to keep the company running smoothly. NTD's Char Marshall has more.
3: Meta Platforms Incorporated said on Wednesday it will let go of 13% of its workforce. It's cutting more than 11,000 out of about 87,000 employees. It's one of the biggest layoffs this year as the Facebook parent company battles inflation, soaring costs, and a weak advertising market after overextending themselves during the pandemic bump. Emily Zinberg is a social media and digital marketing director at 3E Public Relations.
2: As a public relations agency, we've been seeing great impacts of Meta's changes for quite some time. Um, these layoffs, I, I don't see that affecting users on their level greatly. Um, however, for brands and businesses, uh, this is going to make them question their 2023 planning for sure.
3: Mark Zuckerberg shared the following explanation with his employees. At the start of COVID, the world rapidly moved online and the surge of e-commerce led to an outsized revenue growth. Many people predicted this would be a permanent acceleration that would continue even after the pandemic ended. I did too, so I made the decision to significantly increase our investments. Unfortunately, this did not pay out the way I expected.
2: You know, over the years, they've been struggling with privacy changes from Apple's uh, iOS updates. They've been seeing the compliance issues that Facebook and Meta have had to implement impact their targeting. They can't hit people the way they used to. Um, That's greatly increased their costs, um, impacted their entire strategy.
1: You're talking about probably the average NBA basketball game, you know, filling that stadium with the average attendance for an NBA basketball game and then telling them, hey, by the way, you don't have a job anymore here.
3: Bob Bilbrook gave me his businessman's perspective.
1: You're really not going to see the impact of this on the bottom line for another quarter um, of these cuts. I think that's what they're doing is they're lining up the beginning of their 2023 to be stronger and have the comeback. Although the stock did bounce, I think like three percent this morning. So I think you you're seeing investors kind of getting re-energized and believing in maybe Zuckerberg's making the right decisions around how he's running the companies.
3: The mass layoffs. The first in Meta's 18-year history followed thousands of job cuts at other major tech companies, including Elon Musk's own Twitter and Microsoft. And just this week, Salesforce also laid off hundreds of people, but nowhere near Meta's 11,000. Meta said employees who are laid off will get 16 weeks of base pay plus two additional weeks for every year of service and all remaining paid time off as part of a severance package. Six months health insurance, three months of career support, and dedicated immigration specialists to assist visa holders. The pandemic boom continues to teach us all lessons about the problems a temporary shutdown of society can bring. Sean Marshall, NTD News.
0: Crypto exchange Binance has decided not to bail bail out rival FTX after all. FTX has been unable to pay investors during a mass withdrawal leading to disaster at the company and a disaster for billionaire founder of FTX, Sam Beckman-Fried, who has taken a colossal financial plunge. He's reported to have lost almost all of his $16 billion fortune, around 94% of it. This could be the biggest ever single-day drop in net worth among billionaires. So how did all this happen? The senior VP at crypto firm Curious Greg Keel believes FTX's rival Binance contributed to the fall. The two firms, both being major crypto exchanges, are fierce competitors.
1: It seems that FTX is having a liquidity crisis where they don't have enough cash or assets that can turn into cash to fund the withdrawals happening on their platform. And it also seems that the primary withdrawal that kicked off the process was from CZ at Binance where they held approximately $2.1 billion worth of FTX's token FTT, and they initiated the lack of liquidity.
0: Changpeng Zhao, or aka CZ, is the CEO of Binance. Binance is currently the world's biggest crypto exchange by far. Binance had a big investment in FTX, but CZ announced he was dumping all of his holdings a few days ago. CZ did this after he learned that Sam Bankman-Fried, commonly known as SBF, did what some consider irresponsible. He used a virtual currency he created himself as collateral. The virtual currency is called FTT. This self-created currency would be used to borrow more liquid forms of currency. The managing director for crypto firm SmartBlock's Mark Fiddleman, says basically it's the equivalent of using monopoly money as collateral.
1: He backed it up by uh, untraded uh, tokens that were issued by FTX. So if they're untraded, they're illiquid. So as soon as you liquidate those, if, if somebody wanted to call their position on, on the money they, they lent FTX, it would tank the market, uh, at least tank the token, if not uh, you know um, FTX itself, because it's not really backed by anything. It's as if I issued Monopoly money and said, here, here's your collateral lender, Give me you know, $6 billion or whatever it was, and uh, you know, if you ever th- this is the collateral you have to rely on if I ever default.
0: Fiddleman says the crypto space is a victim of its own shenanigans. He blames SBF for his bad decision-making and believes his actions could result in government regulation of the industry. So after CZ, the CEO of Binance, learned about this, he tweeted that he was dumping his FTX holdings this seems to have led other investors as well to withdraw their holdings. In total, $6 billion in withdrawals, a crypto bank run, basically. Unlike a bank, though, it's easier to see what other users are doing on FTX. So seeing other people withdraw money can encourage people to follow suit. And like a bank, FTX didn't have the money to pay all those investors. This is colloquially referred to as a liquidity crunch or liquidity crisis. SBF reached out to CZ for help and CZ considered buying out FTX. However, after doing due diligence, CZ has decided not to. In an official statement, Binance says that FTX's issues are beyond its control or ability to help. The CEO of PreSearch Alex Carabre says centralization in the crypto space is part of the problem.
1: Most of the pain that has come in crypto... Has come from centralized services because that's where most of the value has accrued is in the centralized services, which is namely uh, exchanges and and funds in the space. So centralization is a massive point of failure and there's way too much centralization uh, on all points in the crypto space and something that we need to work towards over the coming years during this upcoming uh, nasty bear market we're about to go through.
0: And Binance told us that it was hoping to give FTX's customers liquidity, but now seems that it can't. And now that it's pulled out of the deal, FTX's fate is uncertain. SBF is now barely a billionaire, and FTX's investors are likely to eat the losses. And mixed economic news for Disney+. Plus. Disney says it's added more than 12 million new subscribers to its streaming service in the fourth quarter, and now it has more than 160 million subscribers worldwide. But its streaming service is not yet profitable. It lost a billion and a half dollars during the quarter. Disney's fourth-quarter earnings sent the company's stock tumbling about 10% on Tuesday. But Disney remains optimistic, especially when it comes to its upcoming movie releases. The next Black Panther and Avatar films are expected to be major blockbusters this year. And if you have any news, tips, or feedback for the show, please email us at business at NTD.com. Still to come after the break, credit card rates hitting a record high thanks to the Federal Reserve's fight against inflation and higher interest rates making new car payments more and more expensive. What does it mean for the average American that are more coming up on NTD business? Welcome back. The Federal Reserve's war on inflation has driven up credit card rates to the highest level on record. According to Bankrate.com, the average credit card annual percentage rate climbed to 19.04% as of November 9th. That's the highest since the services database began in 1985. It beats the prior record of 19% set in July 1991. The national average of APR for credit cards has climbed by 2.74 percentage points so far this year. It's the biggest increase in a single year on record. And are new cars something that only the wealthy can now afford? NTD's Sean Marshall takes a look at the rising cost of new vehicles.
3: The average monthly payment for a new car is up to a record high $738 a month, while auto loan rates are at a 15-year high, according to Cox Automotive. That means for households making 50000 a year, just a $400 a month car payment consumes nearly 10% of their gross income. I spoke with Sal style who says that sky-high rates for shipping car parts have been driving prices even higher.
0: With the stratospheric freight rates over the last year and a half, uh, parts that have been uh, very hard to come by uh, because of various reasons in the global economy, anywhere from uh, strikes to port delays to COVID shutdowns, um, there's a lot of... Uh, catch-up that has to be done, especially in the automotive sector, which uh, will probably go into next year.
3: Being limited to cars that are six to nine years old, with at least 75,000 to more than 120,000 miles, can mean constant repairs and fewer miles per gallon of gas, making the car even more expensive over time. Who knows what the effect will be of forcing automakers to shift over to more costly electric vehicles.
0: I think uh, it's going to take quite some time for electric vehicles to really uh, be cost effective for uh, most consumers. Um, Electricity rates when you charge outside the home are fairly expensive, so I don't
1: see that as being a cure to the automotive problem uh, so quickly in the near future.
3: Cheap cars are disappearing. It's very difficult for auto companies to recoup their massive overhead costs by selling cheap cars with low profit margins. Sean Marshall, NTD News.
0: The chocolate business is looking pretty sweet thanks to booming sales. The latest data shows chocolate sales hit nearly $18 billion in the U.S. That's up more than $3 billion compared to 2019. Hershey posted sales of its chocolates jump over 12.5% in the third quarter. And at the same time, Mondelez the brand that makes Toblerone, Cadbury, and other popular snacks reported its chocolate sales grew over 9%. And a new law could soon change the way you look for a job in New York City. Most employers there are now required to post good-faith pay ranges in their job listings. Colorado already does that, and a similar law in California is taking effect in January, giving much-needed transparency for job seekers. In this next story, we take a look at how the laws could impact you and why they could have ripple effects across the country.
4: Job hunting is getting a major upgrade. New laws are requiring employers to show pay ranges on job listings aimed at improving pay transparency. This is huge. It should go further. It should be all jobs. New York City is now requiring companies with four employees or more to show the money up front, listing the salary or hourly wage range for any job posting or promotion that can be performed in NYC, meaning even if it's a remote job, employers must comply. Civil rights attorney Nancy Smith says wage transparency is a major step toward closing the wage pay gap in the U.S. and says the change will impact women and people of color the most. 94 percent of jobs have a wage pay gap and still in 2022 women make 83 cents on the dollar. Colorado put a law like this on the books last year, and in California, a similar law goes into effect on January 1st for employers with at least 15 employees. Experts say the new laws will be far-reaching since they affect two of the most populous areas in the U.S., which have many remote workers. Experts saying existing employees will be able to use the laws as a bargaining tool and advocate for themselves if they're underpaid. It's an inspiring time to look at the candidate behavior. And
2: I think it's a frightening time for employers because many are not prepared for that power
4: shift. Meanwhile, a few other states like Rhode Island and Maryland have legislation that requires employers to provide salary ranges upon request.
0: And that's all the stories today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter, too. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at NTD.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.